what do you think when you hear the term Section 8? For most of us, thoughts of this government assistance program that provides housing to low-income people sends chills down our spines, and that may be exactly the right response. But is it really? Today we look at the Section 8 program from an objective point of view and learn five solid reasons rental property owners shouldn't automatically write off this program. I'm Brian Ellis. This is Episode 144. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, SDI Nation. Welcome to the podcast of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you. I had the pleasure of spending yesterday with a brand new client named Mike from Delaware. Mike is a brand new listener to the show, having discovered us just last week. But he was bright enough to see the opportunity in the cash flow properties I've mentioned to you during the past week, and he came for a visit to make a purchase. Mike, it was great to meet you, and I look forward to serving you well for many years to come. By the way, folks, for those of you who may be interested, all 19 of the properties I mentioned in last week's podcast are now sold, every single one of them. So thank you to those of you who responded so immediately. You folks are amazing, and I'm so grateful to you. The rest of you, don't despair. I'll soon, very, very soon, have more great cash flow deals to share with you. But the lesson here is this. Don't delay. They never last long because the one thing I can tell you for certain is if you hear me talking about a deal, you can bet on it that that deal is very, very attractive. Thus, they go quickly. So listen in for announcements about more in the future, or you can even get on my notification list right now by texting the word Top Picks to 33444. So, Section 8. Section 8 is a government assistance program for low-income earners. The gist of it is that the federal government pays some or all of a low-income person's rent for them directly to the landlord. In exchange, the tenant is required to respect the property. Now, my friends, I've got to be honest with you. I have a bias against giving away things for free. People who expect things for free are generally people who expect everything for free, and the very essence of the entitlement mentality that I despise. I mean, I can't begin to express how thoroughly how thoroughly I despise people who believe they are entitled to things they've not earned. And I still feel that way, no question about it. That's why this Section 8 thing has historically been a huge conflict for me. On the one hand, as a landlord, you get something very, very valuable. You essentially get a guarantee from the federal government that you'll receive your rent every month, on time, every time. And typically, the rents offered through Section 8 are very competitive, if not slightly above market rates. But on the other hand, my assumption has always been that if you give someone the right to live in your house for free, then what you're asking for is serious property damage and endless property management nightmares. And you know that definitely can happen. It's not difficult to find horror stories about Section 8 tenants who have damaged properties in a terrible way. There's no doubt about that. But my friends, there's more to the story, which I only recently learned. A colleague of mine is a Section 8 guru of sorts. He's managed over 1,000 Section 8 properties. He's a kind of guy who knows the ins and outs of the business very well. And I was discussing my biases with him about the Section 8 program, and he looked at me a bit incredulously. <laughs> he actually said, I thought you were smarter than that. <laughs> and I'll admit, he gave me a bit of a schooling. He specified five big reasons he likes Section 8 properties, five big advantages that the Section 8 property has over non-Section 8 properties. First, Section 8 pays rental rates that are very competitive and frequently a bit above market rates. Your gross income under Section 8 quite certainly won't be less and maybe more with Section 8. Second, the rent is absolutely guaranteed to arrive on time, every time, every month. 
This means that the payment is actually direct deposited into your account. There's not even waiting for a check. It happens automatically and totally reliably. Third, in my colleague's market, his average tenant stays with him for three to four years or more. Three to four years. Think about that. The single biggest issue for many landlords is turnover. And the one to two months that it takes between each tenant to ready the property and remarket it for the next, well, imagine if you only had to replace tenants once every three or four years on average. That's huge. Fourth, he said it's downright easy to find tenants because there's such a massive backlog of people who have been given rental vouchers from Section 8 but who have nowhere to live. That's simply because there's a very severe shortage of supply of these properties in most markets. And the fifth reason he likes Section 8 is leverage over tenants. Now, this one shocked me. He explained it to me like this. He said, Brian, if you have a conventional tenant who doesn't pay your rent or who damages your property, what recourse do you have? And, of course, I know the answer is that you can sue the tenant and and probably get a judgment against them. And that's when he smiled and said, do you know what it's actually worth to have a judgment? Yeah, of course, you can get a judgment against a bad tenant. And if you have a judgment, the thing is, it's not automatic that you actually get paid. It's not automatic, and frankly, it's not worth the time it takes to get that money in many cases after you factor in the need to hire someone to do the collection for you. So sure, you can get a judgment, but it's not worth that much. But I've got a much bigger stick to use to motivate Section 8 tenants, one with far more influence on them. Of course, he had my attention at this point, and he went on to explain that if a Section 8 tenant damages his property outside of normal wear and tear, that that tenant's required by the Section 8 program to pay for those damages. And, of course, I immediately said that there's no way such a tenant will ever pay. They don't have money. That's why they're on Section 8 to begin with. And he laughed again and said, you're right, most of them won't pay. But that's because most of them won't actually damage the property unreasonably for two reasons. First, you do have the full right to screen your tenants in Section 8 just like you do any other property. If you don't do that, you're being a bad property manager, and that's true whether it's a Section 8 property or not. And the second reason is, and far more importantly, If a Section 8 tenant damages your property and doesn't pay you, you can absolutely have them kicked out of the Section 8 program. That means they lose their voucher and they can no longer get free rent in the future. And in my area, once they're kicked out of the program, they can't get back in. You see, it's a big deal to lose a housing voucher. In my area, there's a two- to five-year waiting list for people to get into the program. And once you have it, it's like gold. These people don't want to lose their voucher. And if they mistreat you or your property, losing their voucher is a very real risk. Well, my friends, I've got to admit, he changed my bias. I still don't think it's smart to default to using Section 8. But here's what I've concluded so far. It probably works pretty well in areas where there's a severe imbalance of supply and demand, meaning that there are far more Section 8 tenants than Section 8 properties. That way, the market dynamics work in your favor. You can be more selective, and you can actually get tenants into your properties very quickly. Now, you should not consider this to be a full-throated endorsement of the Section 8 program. It is not that. But, my friends, I can say this with confidence. I had an absolute bias against Section 8 in every circumstance, and I was wrong. And being wrong probably cost me a whole lot of money over the years. So I hope you can learn from my experience on this one. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 